to the Cage Side UK podcast made today with special guest Menkela Kawaya. Good mate, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad myself. I'm going to start us off because obviously there's a big card this weekend, isn't it, with the um, UFC? And I wanted to get your um, obviously opinions on who you think is going to win. So who do you think is getting it out of the Helmedid and um, Gilbert Burns? So at first I was definitely I spoke to my mate Cody about it at some meal. And uh, at first, I was I was thinking I was thinking Bilal, and then Cody was explaining to me how can Bilal beat Burns? Is he just gonna lay on him? I was thinking to my mate Jack and all that school is Bilal just gonna lay on him? And the more I thought about it, I thought who was who was laid on Burns and beat him? Especially especially is it a three it's a three rounder, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I thought that. Then all of a sudden, I shifted towards towards Burns again. And then I looked at who uh, Bilal's fought, and obviously last fight, Sean Brady um, beat Luke. Beat beat Maya, so he's he's beat these good jits guys. So I think right now official prediction, I'm gonna go Bilal. Uh, I think good decision it, but I think I don't think it'll be a crazy exciting fight. But yeah, you see, I think Burns is just better on his feet, isn't he? I think Burns obviously when we saw in the Chimaya fight, like he's a man who can obviously stand his ground and go toe to toe with him in the pockets, and I don't think Bahel can can do that personally. So I think I'm definitely leaning more to Burns to be honest with that one. I think Burns, Burns definitely hits harder, no doubt. I think he's got the the more dynamic striking light. But um, I mean, Bilal knocked out Sean Brady. Um, he stole Sean Brady's takedown. Sean Brady couldn't take him down, and obviously Sean Brady's a, a very good jits guy like Burns is. Like I said, same with Maya. Um, and Luke is a hard fight, and what beat Wonderboy as well. So, um, well, I, yeah, I think it'll be a good fight. I think it'll be a good fight. But more excited for the main event, though. Uh, well, we'll get onto that now. Who do you think's winning this main event then? Shahuda, mate, one hundred percent on it. Shahuda, yeah. I completely agree. I don't see Sterling. I think he's got this massive plan anyway. He says he's going to try. He's going to beat Cejudo, then beat Mali, and then try and take on Volkanovski, which is like, to even like even put that in his mouth, I can't believe he's even saying stuff like that. But, I mean, you've got you've got to try and achieve, haven't you? But I think he's definitely overachieving by saying that. Well, I mean, I don't think you, I don't think you become a UFC champion if you don't overachieve and you don't see yourself like as the man. But, um no, I, I just can't. I can't picture it in my head seeing um Aljamain in the back of Shudo's back, sinking her in a choke. I just can't see that. I think um, the only thing which might work in um Aljamain's uh, favor is obviously is I'm pretty sure it's his home home crowd, right? Yeah, am I correct? And um, Shudo's let her time off, time off fighting. But apart apart from that, I think uh, it's a Shudo win. Yeah, definitely. I do think Shudo takes it. I just because if I'm right, I don't think Sterling's ever like scored of like a proper knockdown. Oh, you're testing me here, mate. Um, <laughs> especially, especially in this sort of uh, podcast, fault. Um, I'm not sure, mate. Um, I think, no. I, I, I think, I think so. So, like, I just think Cejudo is going to be too much for him on the ground and obviously on his feet as well. I think it's the wrestling. I think in a in a fight, um, whether that's in a, even like a street fight or an MMA match or whatever, it's, it's wrestling or even even a jiu-jitsu match. If um, like something like ADCC, where um, I think wrestling is what really controls the fight. I think if you've got good jiu-jitsu and you, you like rest and you come across a strong wrestler who can control your head and your hips, and I think it's a, it's a tough night in the office. So I think Shahudo's just got that strong. Obviously, Triple C has got that uh, gold medal in um, um, freestyle wrestling in the Olympics, and I just think he'd be able to either stuff takedowns or control the head and the hips, and there'll be no submissions, submissions there for Aljamain. But, I mean, if Aljamain wins, I won't be I won't be shocked. I think Aljamain is the man, and I do like the guy. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm back in Shahudo. He's definitely got a lot of like hate what he doesn't deserve. I know everyone with the P. Yan thing, but like he's the champion now. They've got to get over it, haven't they? Like they've got to get over it. But I've got an opinion on that. I do think um, as if even an amateur, 
even yeah. amateur. I do. I, I can't speak. I wasn't needed there by Peter Yan. I'm sure if I was needed there by Peter Yan, I'd fucking know about it. But <laughs> um, I just think if if you can fight, and I know you might pay, uh, play tactically or whatever, but if you can fight, you've got to fight in you. You, you, you've got to go for it. And I, I see fighting as a very real thing. When I'm when I'm thinking of a cage fight or I'm or I'm um or I'm in one myself, I'm thinking if there's no ref here and it's me and this guy, first of all, I, I, tapping might not be an option. Well, it's not it's not going to be an option. Um, and especially take taking a knee, getting a knee in the head, and then starting starting to try and get an easy win like that in in a real life scenario, um, that's not going to play. Do you know what I mean? You need in the head. You've got to fight back. You've got to get to your feet, and it's and it's on. You get back up, don't you? I know. I know. Um, Isahudo says he won it by like an Oscar performance, and like he was obviously like wobbling all about. So it was quite funny to see. But anyway, we'll move on from that. So Ben, I know you've been in a few fights in your time as well. So like, do you, do you see yourself doing a few more fights in the future? Oh, definitely, mate. It's just um, just a lot of injuries. It's um, so I've had uh, like just gym issues trying to find um, the the gym which I was at now um moved on it's moved further away um i can't 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 get there i've had a lot of injuries i got a, um, a slap lesion tear in my right shoulder from wrestling um went against this good good guy uh, jerome a very good fighter um i was wrestling him um from like went for like a body lock he um he weaved my leg and kind of landed on my shoulder big crunch and then that was me out for like out of jiu-jitsu anyway for a good good eight eight months um and then I was back back rolling back at, at Jits practice uh, with my good uh, good friend uh, Joseph Hadley. Um same sort of scenario really. Body lock went to took his back, ran around my underhook side, picked him up. As I put him down, run these <clears throat> little um like self-defense mats, yeah. just bounce off them, boom, smash into my nose, broken nose. Everyone heard the crunch, it was fucking blood everywhere, mate. It was like a murder scene. Um nice. so then um and then obviously that delays even more because I, I was boxing at the time. I was going to get some. Um, I got my amateur boxing license sort of, got my medical and all that. Um, I, I, was, I was boxing heavy with the good boys down at, uh, at Spire, top lads down there. Yeah. And one month, and then that's just um, delayed me even further. And then now I am um, got my A levels in the in the next coming weeks. So it's one of them where it's like everything's just getting pushed on and pushed on and pushed on. But I'm only eighteen, so I'm eighteen today, so I'm still young. Oh yeah, you've got plenty of time, but every, everything just keeps keeps stopping you from obviously getting what you want to do. So. Exactly, since you've been like obviously in the octagon and everything, what's that like? Like when you go walking into the octagon and you're stepping foot in it, like what is that like at a young age, like getting ready to obviously fight? It's, it's fucking unreal, mate. It's unreal. I've got, I'm literally looking, I've got some uh, gangster canvas photos in front of me right now um, from my fights and that. And it, even just looking at it, it just brings back the sort of, especially when you're like you're 14 year old. And I look at 14, so I'm, when I'm in six or something, you see like 14 year olds in school, 14 year old lads, and you think, man, like, I, I was cage fighting back then. Like I was, I was going against like these these bad dudes from around the country, and I was fighting some guy in, like, up north in his backyard. And then you're you're all over the shop in Liverpool fighting a guy in his backyard and in his home show. And uh, it's that sort of thing where it's just at a young age. I think it's so important. I think if I had any advice for young lads, it'd be it'd be getting into combat sports. But the actual experience of getting into a cage, it's um especially in my earlier ones because I, I boxed before that as well. And um because I was so young, I always I always blacked out in fights if you like. Uh, it was almost like when I've been in like high adrenaline moments, I just sort of remember like snippets of it. Yeah. And I'm always working yeah. off instincts. And that's why my coach always used to drill into me. You need to drill these things into instincts. If you're drilling an arm bar, if you're drilling a double leg, if you're drilling some sort of submission escape, you need to drill it a thousand times until it's into your instincts. So when muscle memory kicks in, it's there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um in terms of in terms of what it's like, it, it's a crazy experience. And I think it's the closest thing in this civilized society will get to like you versus me. It's war, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, apart from actual, um, like, real war in the world, it's the closest thing we'll get in a controlled environment where it's 
fair fight, you versus me, no no knives, none of this social media, none of this like bitching online. It's you versus me, fair fight. Uh, let's get it on. Let's get the talking over with and actually see how it goes. That, that's what it is, isn't it? None of this tw- Twitter crap. So like, do you have, do you have to be like a different person, Ben, to like, be, you know, like enjoy that type of stuff? You know, like, I see, I see it, see like you're a bit like a Tony Ferguson, I do like, where he says like, um, I enjoy the pain and everything. I, I see you like a bit like that. Do you have to, do you actually have to be like this different type of person? Um, I'm not sure to be honest. My someone mates ask me that sometimes. Do you think you you you're born with being a fighter, or do you think it's more like you're nurturing to being a fighter? And um, I don't really know. I don't think there's like a definitive answer. Maybe everyone's got it, or maybe some people have got it in them, but only find it at certain points or certain things bring it out of them. But um. Yeah, like I said, I've been been in some fights before, which are like Tony Ferguson moments. I know when I fought um, Jamie Paul and UKFC on the, the double header show. I remember uh, end of the second round, got caught in this armbar, and um, everyone and and the the crowd and that were all like looking away, and like this armbar was on, and it was it was re- the other way. And I know all my guys at home were watching it on the live stream, and the the live stream cut out or paused while my arm was bent backwards. And it's one of those moments where in in my in my in my in my consciousness, in my sentience, I'm just like I'm not going to tap though. But I can't think for the people's headspace. In my headspace, I'm thinking, if if you tap now, I'm asking this guy for mercy and there's still another round to go. And in this other round, anything could happen. So the last thing I'm gonna do is tap. And then and then there's always a what if. Yeah. And yeah. So that's that move. Like UFC, you can't like so obviously Leon was getting smashed by Usman Wernin and all it took was that split second for that head kick. You can't you can't give up in that sport. Like obviously if you are out cold, but apart from that, if you're still ready, if you're still conscious. You might as well still go for it, innit? Because it takes that one. That's why it's such a good sport, innit? Because all it takes is that one one hit, that one mistake from that person, and that's it. You could be the world champion. I know. It's game over. That's that's, um, that's, well, that's one thing I had to kind of get used to when I was back back at the injury because I've been going down to some uh, um jiu-jitsu rounds and I've started trying to I've started having to tap a little bit earlier. Um and that sort of thing, it, it does bother me. It does because I I back, back, back uh, before the injury, I wouldn't tap. Before the injury, I'd um It'd be literally like the last few, the last few milliseconds, and then I then I tap to a sub. As um after the injury, now I've kind of got this new mindset. Not so much in fighting, but in training, it's kind of I've got to drop that sort of ego because if another crazy injury happens again, then you know what I mean. That's another yeah. another year, out and I'm not prepared yeah. to do that. So, um, in in training now, I've kind of dropped dropped that ego a little bit more. But in terms of fights, like I said, in fights, Tony Ferguson's got to come out. You either you either got to embrace the pain and love it and see it see it as this gangster thing, or you either um. You were just going to feet feet's position and double tap, and then it's over, isn't it? That's exactly, and then you don't know what you could have achieved if you obviously if you didn't hang on for that second before the bell ends. So, since you've been doing um, MMA for a while, then have you seen this massive like um, uprise in it, like a massive popularity boost in um, MMA recently? Because I I only got into it in October, and I love it now. But like I've seen like more and more people talking about it and watching it and everything. And do you see more people down at gyms doing it now and everything? Definitely, it's definitely refreshing to see. Um, you know, back in the day, if you said to someone that you're doing jiu-jitsu in a gi, and they would instantly think you're doing some like Bruce Lee sort of shit, and they would have no idea what it is. It's, it's refreshing to see. It's a lot more respected now. Do you know if you say uh, you're doing grappling, it's uh, it's it's seen as this legit thing, not like you're doing some random aikido or something at some like church hall. Not not knocking anyone who does that. Do do what you want, but people don't associate them uh, the same. Um, like, even in like school and that now, um, you get some. Like like year nine lads and like year eight lads and that and they all come up to me and go oh um, they know me being that like, the fighter and stuff they know it's him a main fighter and they ask, ask me questions and I'm sure they think I'm in the UFC or something they always ask me like who who have you fought and stuff <laughs> um, but um, it, it's good to see that sort of stuff because um, 
Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a good thing for people to look up to. And like I said, there's there's no sport as real as cage fighting. There's, like I said, there's, there's you versus me and it's a fair rule set. And um, I know people prefer the football and that prefer the, I don't know, the horse racing or whatever, but there's nothing more raw than, than a cage fight. And there never will be. You, you can't you can't allow anything else. You can't allow green stripes. You can't allow eye gouge. And you can't allow fish hooks. You just can't allow those things because yeah. that's just, it's not going to happen. Everything's getting softer and, and, and fighting's just going to stay the same. And, okay. and therefore, um, as everything does get softer, and as the world does get more, you know, more, more soft, people yeah. are going to gravitate towards fighting even more because then they're going to see this is the real shit. This is going back to our primitive instincts, and the way everything else is going is just wrong. Um, and yeah, more I hope, hopefully more young young lads and young lasses get get involved in the sport. I've definitely seen well more, especially on Twitter and on obviously on TikTok and everything. Like I feel like it's just such a spot on the rise now, especially with boxing. Obviously, like having that struggles, you know, because like in USC, you have to fight the best. You can't duck like. If you are the champ, you've got to fight these top five contenders or top top ten. Like you have to fight him, but obviously in boxing you pick and choose. So I see that as people being a bit more happy with like UFC actually making these mega fights. Like what, like once a month we get like a massive card, and obviously we've got this one this Saturday, and then we've got the the uh, the one in Vancouver. I don't know the main event. I forgot, but it's Charles obviously Charles Oliveira versus Barriel Deschus. I think I can't pronounce yeah. it. So you get these mega fights, and that's a co-event. So like. We get these mega fights every month, and I just see it as like such a sport rising now more and more. It's it's going to be even bigger this year. Obviously, it's just going to keep on growing, especially in the UK as well, with Leon being the champion now. Well, that's it, mate. And um, I hope more people see this this rise in MMA and they start supporting the grassroots athletes, they start supporting the local athletes. Um, and there's a lot of people you see, you see online and you see on social media, and they're sharing these. Um, they're sharing Leon Edwards getting the belt. They're probably the first of a UFC card to watch, and sharing Leon Edwards getting the belt. And they're sharing maybe Paddy Pimlet wants a blue moon. And it's like you've got fighters, whether they're boxers, whether they're uh, jits athletes, whether they're um, MMA guys, uh, K1 fighters, um, and you've got you've got these you've got these domestic athletes who are literally living in the same neighborhood as you, and you don't give a toss about them. And it's you supporting these guys, which will you you you'll see them getting the UFC strap. Do you know what I mean? You'll see them in the big stage. Um, like there's a lot of very good local lads, even like Tyler Huan, who's got um, multiple like world titles and that. And um, if do you know what I mean? If everyone from town, everyone from his area just got behind him, imagine imagine how much like the bigger the whole thing could be. Um, but I think a, a lot of people are just too arrogant to support to support the, the local athletes. But I think as it grows, hopefully people start supporting the, uh, the grassroots athletes as well. A bit, a bit more like a bit more casual, you'd say. A bit like you know, like how people support I don't know, say Chelsea or something in football when obviously like they've got a team here, they they won't support the grass the grassroots. They'd rather support the the big name teams, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Even supporting like you're you're even like you're bringing it down to your, like, your local, local football teams. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. the lads in there which will be wanting to play for town in the next five years. Um, and if no one puts funding or no one puts support into that, then it, it's, it's not going to happen. And you're going to get all these different guys into the downs coming in. And, and at the end of the day, for a local team, ideally you want local lads. Um, oh. But yeah, yeah. Since so you've since you've had so many fights, Ben, which one would you say say you've been your favourite? Because I've seen a few of yours. And am I right saying you fought, did you fight a Dagestan um, I don't want to get his ethnicity wrong. I've got a lot of respect for uh, Tamas Jakob. Um, Hungarian, Some, Russian, yeah, something that, among that, like something in that, that like like yeah like um. Did, well, let's not narrow it down then. But like, what was that fight like? Like if like if someone said to you, say you were from Dagestan, did that put any more worries in you since they're like so known for obviously being dominant in MMA? 
No, um, no, definitely not. It's just one of them fights where the, the, the I knew the guy was going to bring pressure and the guy was going to bring a heavy gas tank and he was going to stick it on me. But that the thing with that fight is, um, and like I said, Thomas Jacob got a lot of respect for him. He, he's he's doing very well for himself uh, on the scene. Um, I had a nightmare that before that fight was a nightmare in terms of um the weight cut. Uh, I don't think not, many people might not know, but um, we ended up cutting seven point seven kg in water in forty hours. Um. So yeah, I've, I've, there's I'll I'll see some photos after after the the podcast mate, and there's some photos of me, and there's absolutely my eyes are black. There's nothing to me. Um, I look I look like some smackhead. Um, and it's <laughs> and uh, then that, that was that's that's what you gotta do. Do you know what I mean? Like I said, in those moments, no matter how much you want to quit, no matter how much you're just shouting at Bert in the bath because you don't want one more bath, and you got to jump into this hot uh, Epsom salt bath and just sweat it all out. Then you're back in the towels, and then you're back on the scales, and you're only, you've only lost his little minute bit of water but it's one of them where I knew no matter what Kev kept saying to me do you want to fight of course I want to fight we'll get this weight we'll get this weight done we'll refuel and we'll get in that cage and we'll, we'll perform like I said Doncaster Arena um, big setting good fight um, like I said it just after that first round and you, and you know what they're like with that that pressure after that first round just just the weight cut mate it, it drains you but um, yeah yeah, very good fight I won't mind getting some training with him, with him as well get oh. some wrestling striking rounds that'd be good with Thomas he's a good fighter very good fighter of course, yeah. if if you if you're always looking to improve, you aren't you? So it's like that's a good thing, Ben. And I was going to ask you about it. What what are weight cuts like as a fight? Like as you've just said the bit there, like what was that like for you? Like cutting that weight in that amount of time. Like what does that actually do to your body? Yeah, it's fucking dreadful. It's um, it's I think it's also because it was all the the water suddenly seemed to. Yeah, I, I kind of fucked up with my water load. Um, I didn't do it as best as as I've done before. And um, yeah, the weight cutting is horrible, mate. I think it's it's definitely that sort of weight cut anyway. And especially when you, I think I was 15, 16 at the time. Um, I was in a kid's body. Do you know what I mean, I wasn't carrying like sufficient muscle mass where you've got water to, to extract from it. So um, uh, it's a nightmare. All, all you're doing is you're trying to you're trying to sweat out your water the whole week. You've water loaded to get your sodium out your body, and then you just you're just going through uh, infrared saunas, hot towels, and then Epsom hot baths, and then you, you're repeating that process uh, the, the night before. All I was doing was sucking ice cubes and spitting them out. I had I had like little to no food. I had no water. I was like I said, I was sucking on ice cubes, spitting them out, and just like, just it was awful, mate. My mum wasn't definitely wasn't happy seeing someone in that sort of state either. But it's, what are you gonna do? And ultimately, it's it, it's whenever whenever you do something hard, it really catalysts your mind. Uh, whenever you do something, whether that's a fight, whether that's your first woman 10k run, whether that's your first cold shower, when you do something difficult, it catalysts your mind. So after that, you kind of know, you know, you can do that again. If I had to do that again, I know I can, and then I know I can go a little bit further. So it's definitely it definitely strengthens your mind. But I don't fancy doing them often, and it, like I said, it massively affects performance too. But it's done now. Well, I, I, I don't think people realize how like bad weight cuts are, did it? Like, so obviously getting it from a fighter like yourself, like saying like how ruthless they are, like. I'm guessing people people think oh weight cuts are easy, you know what I mean? Like going down a weight, going from lightweight to its featherweight, in it. I'd probably not think that's a lot, but like I mean, look at McGregor, he was a skeleton in that weight class. Like, and then you when you see a picture like now, like, holy shit, the man's like massive now, isn't it? Like it's quite it's quite it's quite mental to see how your body changes like that from obviously from feather from flyweight up to well it's well away now, isn't it? But to lightweight. It's one of them too where um I'm obviously the UFC guys usually probably cut a little bit more weight. I don't know. I don't really how much they. I think some fighters got a lot of weight. Some fighters don't got a lot of weight. But um, they'll have nutritionists. They'll have all these guys who are. Um, I don't know. Perform the UFC performance PR. They'll have all this equipment for recovery and whatever. Like I said, I literally had 
my my Parada boys, my mum, um, an infrared sauna, a bath, and uh, loads of Epsom salt. Do you know what I mean? It's done. It's done at the like I said, the grassroots level, and it's just done the, the hardcore way. Um, mm-hmm. and all it is is there's no like hype man around you. All you've got is your boy looking at you in the eyes and you're going, "Listen, mate, you've got Bert looking at me, going, listen, mate, we're gonna get through this. You're getting in that fucking bath. We've got one more bath to go." Um, and then obviously you have one more bath, and then there's another bath, and there's another bath. But anyway, but yeah, um, and before you know it, you stand on that scale and you've made way. And then you you got to one thing you got to make sure you don't do is uh, think you've 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 won the fight already. Often when I made that weight, my whole headspace was not thinking I'm fighting Thomas Jacob tomorrow. My whole headspace was I need to make this weight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the thing I think fat's falling into the trap of. Once you've made way, you kind of uh, you relax and you you chill out a bit. But no, it's it's that's that's like the drop into battle. Now you've got to fight the battle. Do you know what I mean? You know, so that is rough. That even I didn't know it were that bad. Fucking hell, that is. Rough, I think I've done. I've done lighter cuts where it's been easy. Where I've, I've been, I felt fine. I refueled. Yeah. Um, I, I felt really good. Um, but that one was seven. Like I said, seven point seven kg, or a little bit over in forty hours. And then my first meal, we tried to uh, rehydrate with electrolytes, water, all the rest of it, and um, coconut water. I think it was. And then um, we went to this cafe. And I just tried to walk down this breakfast and I was craving the whole time. I was craving this um, slush puppy. I was just craving a slush puppy. You know, when I was sucking on this ice, I just thought, man, if I could drink a slush puppy right now. So I got this slush puppy, um, I wolfed it down and then it just came up everywhere over my coach's food, over the table. Um, and then, it, yeah, and then, and then you're not even feeling great then either because you're, you're not even enjoying yeah. your food. You've, yeah, yeah. You've, then you've wasted money in it. You've just spent money on like some food, and then you've obviously like brought it back up. So food and all, just this slush puppy just came straight back up. My body wanted to like because the whole, the whole um, last so many hours, my whole body's trying to push everything out, yeah. everything out, everything out. Then all of a sudden, I'm just trying to indulge everything back in, and my body was like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Right, well, Ben, I've got one more question, and I know like you're a big fan of David Goggins, so I just want to ask your opinions on him and like how he's influenced you to like obviously be who you are like now. Mate, David Goggins, I, I don't know where to start. I, I've got his, uh, his books down there. Um, yeah, David Goggins is um is the man. It's it's um, I think with someone like David Goggins is I listen to him. Let's say I'm being lazy or I'm I'm procrastinating or whatever. I listen to him and then I think you know who's gonna carry the boat, stay hard, all that sort of stuff. And then what happens is it, it's a whole knock on effect. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? David Goggins, like, he's, he's changed certain aspects of my life from, from his book and from just the motivational speech. If I have to go to, if, I'm, if, I, if I've got like a killer interval running session coming up and I'm thinking, fuck this, it's David Goggins. I stick him on, earphones in, and um, then then that changes my life. And then I start changing other people's lives. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Then I'm telling all of my story and my socials and in person, I'm going, you need to stay hard. You need to do this. You need to you need to, you need to push your push your limits and, and uh, open your horizon. And then they start doing it. And then before you know it, their circle starts doing it. And then someone like that, a positive force in the world, it just keeps growing, it keeps multiplying. And uh, we need more people like Goggins because, like I said, things are getting softer, people are getting weaker, everyone's minds are getting weaker, everyone's a dopamine junkie, everyone just wants a comfortable life, eating fast food, scrolling through the phone, um, never leaving the comfort zone. And then all of a sudden you've got this man on the internet shouting at you to leave your comfort zone and everyone's sort of, everyone's sort of like, whoa, who's don't this like guy? Yeah. But they, don't, they feel threatened by him, they feel yeah. insecure because um, he's telling you to do everything Tell you, he's tell, he telling you to do everything that you're not doing. He was there, and weren't people, he? He, he was yeah. there, like what the people who don't like it. He was exactly there, and he's saying, like My life's better now. Like, just go out. I, I when, when I wake up in the morning, I hate putting my shoes on. Like, even sometimes I think that I don't want to do it, but he gets that, and then you feel better when you've gone and done it, don't you? Like, you've just got to get past through that phase of I don't want to do it, but when you get past it and you go on that run or you go to the gym, even for an hour, like 
that is it. Like, sh surely you feel 10 times better than what you ever felt than just laying on your bed or watching your phone. Exactly, mate. That's it. And and that's another reason because because he's done it himself. There's a lot of guys on the internet who like to um, talk the talk and like to be this big in, in like the manosphere or whatever. They, they want to be the man. Um, and, and you see a lot of them on the internet. But the thing with Goggins is, and like other guys like I like Jocko, I like Goggins. The, th the things with the, uh, these guys are, they, they've been there. They've yeah. done it all. Do you know what I mean? They're not just talking at their arse or they're, they're talking what they've done, their past experience, and the proofs in the pudding. So, um, yeah, Goggins, he keeps changing lives. And um, I think more, I think more people need to listen to him. And if you feel threatened or insecure by what he's saying and you feel like he's he's attacking you, then good, because you need, you need to listen to him. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I listen to him all the time. I, spend, I usually get him, like, um, about, like, one in the morning. I always get him, like, scrolling through my social medias where he's shouting at me, like, they don't know me, son, and everything like that. So, like... But he definitely changed my life. When I've got like another set in the gym or like when I'm swimming, I always like imagine him sh shouting in your ear saying, come on, like, it's just a few yeah. more meters. Just push through. You can do it. Like, what's the point of giving up when you've just right there? Like, you've literally got like two meters left. Like, that's it. Like, what's the point of giving up? I always imagine he's barking in my ear. That He's such a man, like, honestly, like, I love him. I love watching him. I love his stories. I, I like you say, I think more people should be on him because he changes lives. Like, that's his old, this is all gig in him. Exactly, and and it's not just you know when you're looking at his um, his socials or or you're looking at the comment section or whatever, it's 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 like it might have changed some people's lives. Like maybe they made someone hit the gym, which is a big change in their life, or they made someone lose weight, which is another big change. But you look at the comment section, and he's he's changing people's lives on a massive scale. Do you know what I mean? Uh, not just lifestyle changes; he's full on changing lives around. Um, but yeah, I can guarantee if I'm with my my mate Granty and we're doing some, I don't know, we're doing the we're in the gym or. We're running or whatever. I can guarantee if it gets tough, one of us will say to the other one, sometime in, in the toughness, sometime in the darkness, he'll say, or I'll say, who's going to carry the boats? And the reply to that is, you, buddy, and you get on and, and you do it. And then, yeah, it's just, yeah, I love Goggins. I love Goggins. He's the, he's the GOAT, definitely. I do. I, I don't think he even he realises how big he is at the moment. Like The man is huge. He's everywhere. Well, oh, absolutely. I hope he keep, carries on changing lives. And Ben, that's all the questions I've got to ask for you. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. And you've given out some terrific answers. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. I'm always a bit, like I said, even me doing um, this sort of stuff, leaving my comfort zone. So um, oh, yeah. I think I chat a bit of shit like, but I mean, this is like me, me doing this, leaving my comfort zone. So I put in a bit of Goggins, channeling a bit of Goggins before this, thinking, um, thinking who's going to carry the boats. But yeah, top line. Of course, it's you, Ben. Thank you for that, Ben. All right, this has been the end of the Cage Side podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Forward to next week, where the final episode will be hosted by Joel. He will be interviewing Shavan Para. This one's meant to be a cracker. Enjoy.